listening to the Christopher Chaos Podcast. Let's talk Army. The U.S. Army veteran, Christopher Chaos. What is up, my friend? Uh, welcome back. Uh, another Christopher Chaos Podcast episode. Let's talk Army. And it's just me uh, for this episode. This episode, we're going to talk about why I got out of the Army, getting out of the Army, uh, that kind of a thing. I, I have, obviously, a lot of videos to... I wouldn't say necessarily like convince you to join the army, but to kind of just give you an insight as to what it's like. So you can make your own decision as to, is it the right thing for me or not? What might it be like, uh, what to expect and all of that. And it's important to probably understand why I did not stay in for 20 plus years, because if you don't know that I did not retire out of the army, I did almost 11 years um and then i got out and a lot of people question you know why on earth did you do more than half basically you were already halfway to retirement why didn't you stay in and so that's probably important to understand the full story of my intention of the army why i got out and how how i ended up staying in for that long in the first place um and why didn't i stay in to retire if i was already kind of halfway into this army career thing so I've talked about it before um, on YouTube, probably I think maybe even that first episode that we just did uh, recently for the podcast for the first episode uh, as to why I joined the army. Right. So the quick version of it and not get into the full story like I did in the last episode, you know, I wanted to join just basically to get the military experience. I wanted to get the military experience, go off to college um, to do automotive and to hopefully maybe eventually work at NASCAR and work in the garage and kind of a thing. Um, I did definitely lose interest in automotive in the first place very early, probably into my military career to where that was no longer my idea. But I think the the idea of wanting to still um, do it for the experience, the background, the college uh, opportunities and, and all benefits was definitely, definitely still there. So that part still, still remained. So, I initially signed up for the army for four years for a four-year contract and I did the first two years in Kansas in Fort Riley and then while stationed in Fort Riley I got orders to go to Korea so I went to Korea Korea was initially supposed to just be a one-year tour but during my time frame in Korea is when the Iraq war was just starting up um, shortly after September 11th events happened and then other events going on that led to the United States going over into Iraq um, that all was kind of going on. So because there was a lot of units back in the United States that were deploying to Iraq for Operation Iraqi Freedom, that meant that there was not going to be anybody to come replace soldiers that were currently stationed in Korea. Now, there was some units in Korea that actually did deploy, um, but they didn't want to replace those soldiers because those soldiers had been trained with those units. So they wanted to keep that integrity of the people that have been training with those units and then those units to deploy. I was at a location that did not deploy. We were on the border of North Korea. So our job was in Korea to maintain the borders, to maintain things going on in that area and everything like that. So they can't take us away from there. Otherwise we would lose security and lose a lot of assets they need right there at the DMZ at the border. So I was at Camp Boniface, otherwise the Joint Security Area or JSA, and that's where I was at. So we did not deploy. So because nobody from the States was going to be coming to replace us, they were involuntarily, so you didn't have a choice, extending people for six months. So they were making it a year and a half. So if you were there during that time frame, you, your one-year tour now became one year and six months. Um, but I was in a situation where, okay, that made it to where 
I was going to be there now for a year and six months, which mean, meant that I only have six months left in the army now at this point. I think actually maybe even a little bit less when that time was going to end. So they told me, uh, you won't have enough time left in the army for us to send you back. It's not going to make sense for us to send you back for four or five months, whatever it was back to the United States, back to another unit for you to just to get out of the army. Um, it wouldn't make sense. So we're going to end up just keeping you here anyways. So that way you can get out of the army here in Korea, um, which did not you know, provide a lot of opportunities for me. That definitely meant that I would probably have to move back in with my parents back home in California from a very small town called Bishop, California. So that town does not have a whole lot to offer really for my interests anyways, at least not for what I was interested in doing. So that would have meant, you know, I wouldn't have a hard time trying to line up a job. I would not have anywhere to live when I got out of the army. So I would have to probably temporarily try to stay with my parents. And that would make it tough for me to try to find maybe a career path that I wanted. So that would mean probably trying to stay in Bishop, California and trying to find a career path there. And that was not my interest. I didn't want to do that. So my other options were to reenlist, to stay in the army. So I could stay in the army for longer, which would give me enough time to stay uh, or to actually be sent back to the United States so that I could get out of the army in the United States. And that would work a little bit better for me because then I would be in the U.S. trying to line up a place to live, line up a job, whatever it is I wanted to do when I got out. And I probably still didn't have probably a very good plan as to what I was going to really do. But I knew that it was, it was just going to be a temporary thing, being in the army, not a full-time thing or not a forever thing, just a temporary thing to get the experience and then go off to college and do whatever after that. So... I did that. I re-enlisted for as little as possible. That's all I needed to do is re-enlist for as little as possible. So I get back to the U.S. to be in the United States when I got out of the Army. So I only re-enlisted for two years. And it didn't start two years from when I was going to end my contract. It started two years from the day that I re-enlisted. So it really kind of doesn't even end up being a full two years. But from the day I re-enlisted, they just kind of like terminate your contract in a way uh, from that day and then start you on this new contract that's two years from that day. So that made it to where I was extending to be in Korea for full two years. I got a little bit of a bonus and I got choice of duty station. I originally wanted to go back to Fort Irwin because it was only maybe about two hours from my hometown. So it'd be easy to visit family. Um, I'd be back in California. That wasn't available. There was no 88 mic slots for my MOS for my job available for Fort Irwin, California. So I couldn't get Fort Irwin. So that was out of the question. Um, my next choice, I was like, okay, well, let's try to get closer then um, to, to California. Then let's try the next closest army base that I had available, which was Fort Huachuca in Arizona. Fort Huachuca apparently only has two slots, at least at that point in time, only had two slots for an 88 mic for that MOS. And that was already taken. So I, I can only assume that if there's only two slots for that entire, entire army post, that it's probably like the garrison or the post commander and the post sergeant major. So those probably two individuals are probably drivers for them. So they drive them around, they drive them in the field, they do whatever kind of a thing, maintain their vehicle, whatever their assigned vehicle kind of is, and that kind of a role. So I'm guessing that's what it was. But those slots weren't available, so I didn't have that option either. So then the next choice that I kind of had in mind was Fort Carson, Colorado. Uh, my niece at the time was in the Air Force over on the Air Force base, plus a lot of people that I was talking to while in Korea had just come from Fort Carson, and they said they loved it. They said it was great. It was a great installation to be stationed at, and they wanted to go back to Fort Carson. So I figured maybe that was a good option then. All right, there was I don't know if there was... I guess there might be some installations in between, but that was my next possible choice was was Fort Carson. So that's what I chose. I chose Fort Carson, re-enlist for two years, went to Fort Carson. So... Uh, I think I ended up 
doing like six months, I think it was, uh, basically of that new contract to where now I have like a year and a half left in my contract by the time I go back to the United States. So I show up and I arrived at Fort Carson and I was assigned to the 3rd ACR, 3rd Army Cavalry Regiment. Um, they're now currently in, in Fort Hood, Texas, but at the time they were in Fort Carson. And at that time they were ACR, now they're just uh, um, CR, so now they're the, the Cav Regiment. Or the Cav, uh, yeah. So now there's, there's Cav, they're not Armored Cav. So I arrived there as they were coming back from Iraq and they already knew that they were going back to Iraq in a year. Um, so that meant that I was going to be spending a year doing training with them. And then I would have six months left in the army when they were going to deploy back to Iraq. And that was not going to work because at that time there was still a thing that was still in effect called stop loss, which basically meant that if you had a unit that was deploying in support of combat and something that was very important, they could stop loss you, meaning they could keep you in the army past your end of your contract for at least uh, or for a maximum of one year. They couldn't, I don't think they'd keep you for more than one year. Maybe it was two years. I don't remember what it was, but in that kind of realm. So that would mean that because I would only have six months left at the time they were going to deploy, I would be stop lost and I would be stuck still in the army. And then I would come back and uh, get out of the army as soon as probably after coming back from Iraq. So the options came that, hey, you could <laughs> reenlist for another two year contract. Um, get a bonus and do it that way because you're going to stop loss anyways. So you can get the money anyways. So when it probably came closer to deploying time is when I reenlisted because I, I needed at least about a year left in the army to be eligible to reenlist anyway. So it would have been a little bit closer, getting closer to the deployment time frame that I actually did do the reenlistment and reenlist for another two years. So reenlisted for another two years, go to Iraq, come back from Iraq. I think that makes it to where now maybe less than a year, I think maybe left in the army, something like that, maybe just a year. I forget uh, what it would end up because I spent a year in Iraq. Um, so yeah, something, I don't know what the math would be, <laughs> but basically the way it ended up working out to where when we came back from that deployment in Iraq, I didn't have enough time to stay in Fort Carson. They were like, well, 30 ACR is going to Fort Hood. They're moving 30 ACR over to Fort Hood, Texas. And you don't have enough time in the army to follow them to Fort Hood, Texas, which I didn't want to. You also don't have enough time to stay here in Fort Carson because they have this thing called, I think they were calling it at that time, unit of action, which basically meant they, they needed someone to have at least, I think, two years at a minimum uh, time left in the army or something like that. So that way they could train and deploy with that unit. And so I wouldn't meet that, that eligibility to be able to meet that year of training, year of deployment time frame with my unit. So they were like, you're probably going to come up in orders to go to Korea, which would put me just back in that same scenario that I was already in before when I was in Korea, where I didn't want an ETS to get out of the army from Korea. So of course my option was to reenlist for another two years. So that's what I did. I reenlisted for another two years so that way I could stay there. And then I went over to 410 CAV. While I was on deployment to Iraq um, with 410 CAV in Baghdad, Iraq, that's when uh, they got rid of stop loss. Stop loss, they ended it. It was no longer a thing, so I didn't have to worry about that anymore. So now I could just focus on getting out of the Army. So now that brings it to where it was going to be, I think, uh, 10 years and like... I think 10 months, eight months, nine months, something like that. It was more than a, more than half a year anyways, that I was going to have, um, on top of the, the 10. So it was closer to 11 than it was 10. 
uh, of the, what I was going to have it. And so that was it. I was going to, you know, I was ready to get out of the army. That was it. I didn't want to stay any longer. Uh, of course, obviously, there's people that are trying to get you to reenlist, get you to stay in longer and all that. But that wasn't my interest. I, I definitely, that was the, the end of what I um, intended for. It was beyond what I intended for. So then it was time to, time to get out, you know, and, and like I said earlier, you know, people question, well, you're halfway, a little bit, just slightly more than halfway to the minimum requirement for retirement. Because the other thing you have to understand too, is that 20 years being in the army in this case does not guarantee that you can retire at 20 years. You will be eligible to put in for retirement, but it still has to get accepted. Um, the army can choose to say that, Hey, we need you in your role in your position. So we are going to deny your retirement at this time. Uh, once you get to a certain point and you actually reenlist for what's called indefinite status, you now, the only way you can get out of the army after that is if you are like medically retired, you're chaptered out, you re actually retire itself, then you can kind of get out of the army. And that's usually after 12 years, I think it is. If once you are past the 12 year mark and you're going to reenlist, I think then that's when it has to be the indefinite status. And that means there's no more end of your contract. There's no more ETS date. It's now simply when you're ready to get out, you have to put in for retirement and that's not gonna be eligible until you hit at least 20 years. But like I said, it could still get denied. So that doesn't mean that I was necessarily halfway there. I might not have been actually halfway there. I might've been still needed more because I might've gotten to the point where 20 years in, I put in for retirement if that's what I wanted to do and I get denied and I would have to stay in for maybe in a couple more years, maybe a few more years, who knows, you know, to based on what's going on at that time before then I would be eligible to actually retire. Uh, so there's a possibility that like, I might still be in the army if I was going for that kind of thing, I would still currently be in. But the analogy that I actually kind of like to use when people say that you were halfway there is to me, you know, like I said, it wasn't, I didn't necessarily hate being in the army, but I didn't like being in the army either. Um, it's kind of like a middle, somewhere in the middle, right? I didn't necessarily hate it, but I also didn't necessarily love it. Um, there's moments here that I hated and moments that I loved and stuff like that. But as a whole overall, I didn't either like it or hate it or whatever. It was somewhere in the middle, hard to explain, I guess. But nonetheless, when people say that you were halfway there, I feel like to me, based on my experience and everything that I did, it was like walking from California to Colorado because Colorado is right about the middle of the United States, right? And I walked all the way from California to Colorado and someone was like, hey, you're halfway to New York. Why don't you just keep on walking? That was a long ass walk that I just did. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm done with walking. I don't want to walk anymore. If I can stop here, I can be done and be satisfied and be okay with my decisions. So that was kind of the, the mentality that I had when people were like, you're halfway to retirement. And that's when I, I kind of looked back on being like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of tired though. I don't know if I want to do that amount of halfway again, all over again. I mean, especially at that time frame in the military, right? That time frame was busy, very busy with deployments where you were deploying every other year. It was one year of Iraq or Afghanistan, whichever one, and then maybe a year back in the States, but that's not even like a full year of just being with family and everything because there's training in between. There's national training rotations that last a month, there's field problems, there's all sorts of things. So you have another year of doing that kind of a thing possibly, and then going back to a combat zone for another year. 
And I didn't want to keep on doing that. I've already, I was already did two, which isn't a lot to, let's say a lot of veterans that, you know, maybe you're currently still in or recently got out that maybe did five or whatever. But to me, it was enough. It was enough that I didn't want to keep on doing that every other year. And that's probably what it would have been for like for a while, because even when I was getting out of the army, my unit, when I was getting ready to get out, they were preparing to go back to, I think Iraq or maybe it was Afghanistan. I don't remember which one it was, but they're getting ready to go back. So had I stayed in and decided to reenlist to stay in longer, that's what I would have been doing. I would have been going back overseas to do a third deployment. And who's to say that I would survive that third deployment or that something wouldn't happen during that third deployment that really messes me up, injures me, affects my future, whatever the case, you know, might've been. Right. So it's kind of hard to make that, that decision of, Oh, it'll be good. You know, it won't be that bad kind of a thing. I don't really know. Right. I have no idea what was to, to happen. You know, had I deployed a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, whatever, because that time frame when I got out was 2010. So the deployments really didn't slow down until probably 2015 before they kind of started slowing down and it wasn't quite as busy as it was during that other time frame of every other year units deploying 2015 they kind of started slowing down a little bit on that and that would have been basically me doing let's see i would have deployed it for a third time in about 2010 2011 ish maybe probably 2000 somewhere in 2010 probably came back for another year probably deployed again in 2012 maybe that would have made my fourth deployment and then maybe again in 2014 2015 or something like that and then my fifth deployment so probably could easily been five combat deployments with a year in between on each of those so i would have been maybe at a point where things would have slowed down but there are still units even from 2015 to now that are still deploying. It's just not as likely. So the five may not even be the end. It could have been six, seven, who knows? And it's definitely taxing on like mentally and physically and everything else doing those deployments. So who knows what that would have been like, you know, just continuously doing those deployments. So I was not looking forward to that. That was not something I wanted for my future. I didn't want to keep on doing that uh, continuously. So my intention was never to really stay in the army forever, just do four years, get out and go to college. Four years turned into almost 11 years, which I did go to college afterwards. I, I only did associates, but I do still have education benefits that I could still use to move that into a bachelor's degree and get a bachelor's degree. Um, and I might, I don't know. I don't really know yet if I, if I will or not, but once I did, uh, finish my time in the army, I did get out and I did go for two years and be a student and uh, get an education in television radio, um, to get my associate's degree. And then during my last year, well, it was only two years, but the first year I was a full-time student and that's all I was doing was full-time just going to college. And then the second year I was having to juggle both my current job um, cause I started doing that then and going to night classes to finish up my degree and do it that way. So I did still be able to fulfill that part side of it. Um, it was kind of, I kind of winged it though. Afterwards, I didn't really, wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. I thought maybe it would be good to get into, you know, defense contracting to get into that kind of field because I went through that as a soldier and I thought that was pretty cool with the training that those people were doing. And I was like, that'd be pretty cool to be on the other side of it and be the instructors and everything. So I did fall into that. And that kind of was the interest that I kind of built up, um, towards the last about year or two in the army. And that worked out. And that's basically what I got into. But yeah, my intentions were not ever to stay in for 20 plus years and retire. So it just ended up being that I, that I kind of stayed in for that long. And I wanted to get out because a, like I said, it wasn't my intention to stay in for that long, but 
I was tired of that lifestyle. I, I did want more freedom. I didn't want to, you know, experience, you know, what it was more like to be on my own a little bit better because I wasn't really getting that experience in the army. Right. I had gone from going to high school and then three, four months later going to the army. So I only had that three or four months to kind of be free from school and the army, but I was still living at home. I was still living with my parents. So it still wasn't that experience. So I was ready to, to kind of get away from having someone over me because while you are an adult in the army, you do still have leadership over you that are almost like your parents and in, in, to a certain aspect because there's restrictions, right? There's restrictions as far as what you can do, where you can go, how you can live, what you can do with your body, what you can do with whatever kind of a thing, right? So you have a lot of restrictions still. It's not the full experience like it is when you're not in the military of being an adult to kind of have that freedom to, to do things, um, to do what you want to do to a certain extent, you know, as long as it's illegal, I guess. But I, I was ready to experience that. What, what is it like to be outside of that umbrella of having the leadership restricting what I can and can't do? And I was ready to, to kind of experience that. So that was another, you know, key thing in my life where I wanted to get out to be able to experience those types of things and see what it was like. And I enjoyed it. I don't regret it. I don't regret, you know, getting out to that time frame. I don't wish that I had stayed in to retire. Sure, the money part of it, you know, would be nice and the benefits. I get still get pretty good benefits still, even though I didn't stay in for 20 plus years. I don't get the retirement pay. I get some VA compensation that's not as high as like what it would be for retirement. But, you know, if I retired, I would have gotten retirement plus VA compensation. So it's obviously a lot more. But nonetheless, I don't regret it. And people ask, you know, do you wish you would have stayed in longer? Do you wish you were still in and everything? And no. Uh, I think it was a great, great thing for its purpose. Uh, I learned a lot. I had a lot of experiences, a lot of memories, good and bad, um, to be able to look back on, tell stories to you guys, to family, to whatever. And so I don't regret it at, at all doing it. And I don't regret getting out because I am probably much happier now that, now that I'm out. Right. The army wasn't something that I wanted to do for life. So for me personally, I was not fully happy doing that and having a little bit more freedom that I have now is great. Right. And that's not to say that like somebody who joins won't be happier being in the military. That's why people stay in for 20 plus years because they are happy. It's different for everybody, you know, and you, you don't really know until you're actually there and experiencing it. If you're that person that hates the military, you're the person that's maybe like me where you just feel it. It's a stepping stone and you're just kind of going with the flow of everything until you're ready for the next chapter. Or if you're someone that just absolutely loves it and just having a great time and you just want to keep on doing that until retirement, you know, that really just depends on the individual's ex experience because you could be probably any one of those three, maybe even other outside of that three could be something else too. But, you know, you don't know that until you actually go through it and experience it. So getting out w was a good decision. I enjoy what I do now. I enjoy my life that I have now. I make better money probably. Well, it's tough to say. I mean, maybe had I still been in the army, I might be because of my rank and BAH and BAS and everything. I possibly be making more money than I'm making now, but you know, I, I make more money than I made when I was in now, but probably not more money than I would be making if I was still in kind of a thing. So, uh, nonetheless, I, I, I definitely still have more opportunities because I, in, in the situation that I'm in now, would be able to, let's say, move to another job that may be a higher paying job. If I'm in the military, I don't have that option. The only way I can make more money is to rank up. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of restrictions that I just kind of wanted to, to get rid of and kind of move outside of that. So that was basically, I guess, um, 
my story of why I got out. And like I said, to answer hopefully some questions of people asking me, you know, why'd you get out? Why didn't you stay in to do 20 years? You were halfway there. You could have kept going. And that's that's really the explanation as to, to kind of what, what the reason for it. So um, coming up, maybe in some future episodes, we'll do some more stories. Do hopefully probably soon uh, episodes with some other people to discuss military and talk about their experiences and kind of just talk army right just have a conversation that you can listen in on and learn some stuff from and be entertained and all that kind of stuff so uh hopefully enjoy my story as to why i stayed in for as long as i did why i got out and why i didn't retire why i didn't stay until until retirement so thanks for thanks for watching i'm christopher chaos and uh i'll talk to you real soon see ya